What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Andrew. Hey, Goldberg! I bet if that talk was a cheese burger, you stop it. No, I agree. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a podcast body. Clap, 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 clap. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. We're a screen family. We don't talk. I'm Mike. That's Tommy. Hello, everyone. That's Kevin. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Quack Attack Podcast, the definitive Mighty Ducks podcast. We are back to give our instant analysis on Mighty Ducks Game Changers Episode 4. Entitled Hockey Moms, I think the alternate title is Coob's Redemption, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> Uh, just your opening thoughts here, Kevin, on episode four. Uh, episode four was particularly cheesy. Um, it uh, They laid the cheese on pretty thick in this one. Um, I think it, it did kind of answer a lot of our questions that we've had uh, over the last few uh, weeks, or, or I guess the first three episodes. Um, you know, just with kind of Coob kind of coming out of his shell and, and some things like that. And uh, a couple, a couple redemption storylines in this one. Um, so I, 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 it was a little cheesy for, for my taste particularly, but I mean, it, it was good. Um, and we got to see, you know, Bombay coaching, like literally coaching again, which was cool. Um, but yeah, that's kind of probably my, my uh, overview of it. Nice. Tommy? Yeah, I, I agree with, with what Kevin said. Definitely cheesy. When I saw that this episode was called Hockey Moms, I was like, oh, Kevin's going to have some thoughts on this. Um, <laughs> and then, like, I think, like, a teaser shot was, like, Bombay, like, training the moms. I was like, oh, here we go. Um, and, there, you know, we, we've talked about Bombay's past with, with women. Um, and so I'm going to bet that's going to be a, re- a recurring theme, you know, down the road for this podcast, maybe with this new crop. Um and so, yeah, a lot of cheese. Um, they, you know, wrapped up a couple of things, like Kevin said, Coop him out of his shell. And, you know, you've got, you know, Sophie now on the Don't Bothers and with her dad signing off on it. So that's nice. But I think they also kind of set the scene more for some kind of confrontation between um, Lauren Graham's character and her boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering, like, so it's kind of two things jumped out to me, and, and we can talk about this later, but is there going to be kind of a hearkening back where, Lauren Graham has to coach or has to work late. So she's not able to coach. And so Bombay steps in a la Miss McKay, or we also going to have something where like Bombay steps in because he does have a law degree and he was a good lawyer, you know, undefeated um, with an asterisk. And so there, there's got to be something there. There's, it's no coincidence that she's like a law clerk and, you know, her, her boss is kind of a, you know, ha- has, has no real world, you know, kind of knowledge of what's going on for for things that aren't you know below her she's she doesn't have much of a blue collar interest yeah on on, on those two points I'll, I'll make two predictions uh w- one of which uh will will be true i think um bombay buys her some kind of book that's like studying for the bar or something like that um so like gifts that to her and then and she quits her job oh interesting uh yeah a lot to go on here just for me the opening thoughts yeah i thought it was kind of like a tangential episode it was just like these hockey moms were really like part of the story yeah the cheese i i thought there were some great like little one-liners in there Mm -hmm. uh that i enjoyed were a screen family you know i i will represent belgium 
Yeah, that was uh, great. I thought it was, was funny. Uh, ever get punched in the face and the whole best friend yeah. thing. So I liked um, um, the beer bottle line from Bombay. That's like something you can imagine yeah. when your friends would say like, oh, it's our new marketing campaign. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, to go back to, yeah, obviously Alex's job is put sort of in the limelight or in the spotlight here. It's, with Given Bombay's past and given Bombay, you know, it's the creator of Bombay and he set him up to be a lawyer and now Alex is a paralegal and struggling. I do think that's going to play a factor in some sense. Uh, so that's a good catch there. Uh, a lot to talk about here. I will say uh, sort of a little tangentially before we really get going, a lot of chatter on Twitter, on Facebook about Charlie Conway possibly being Evan's dad. Some people think that's 100% the case. Other people disagree saying, you know, that would be super weird when Bombay hooks up with Alex and it's Charlie's <laughs> ex-wife or ex-girlfriend or whatever. So the most uh, Bombay move like possible. <laughs> and like, you got to feel like Brill would be inspired by this podcast, mostly Kevin for that <laughs> bit of writing. I don't know. Keep going, Mike. Yeah. And then the other thing uh, that people were they were sort of taking us to task with was last episode we talked about the tape and you know why don't you just give them tape and i that people were saying that the point was that the kid couldn't even afford tape so bombay gave him money not that he literally gave him money for tape but i think the point still stands why don't you just help him uh, from a hockey equipment standpoint yeah. not yeah. only equipment but you're going to be able to get him ways to get food. like food you know better lodging things like that there's way to do it without literally giving him cash or a check that's like the first yeah. thing that you're told as like a college coach is like don't fucking give people money and so like unless you want to win <laughs> yeah and so that's the real reason so Quackalites, yeah. you guys should know that he gave him money not because he couldn't afford tape. Maybe that was the case, but he's probably a pretty good player as well. Yeah. So, I mean, he plays for the Islanders now. So, uh, there. but yeah, I just wanted to get that before we got too deep in here. But um, for me, obviously, you start with, you know, Stephanie, Alex's boss, and her husband just sort of randomly showing up in a back alley behind the ice palace and then the huskies just happen to drop out and the parents just or their friends just happen to bail uh, i thought it was a real clunky start there but how do we feel about the whole dinner and that whole sort of relationship between the two uh i guess couples for lack of a better term there i thought um i thought it was weird just because that doesn't seem like something her boss would ever do. Like, like they're not like friendly like that, you know? So I thought that was strange. And, but I, but I, I guess I can see the motivation where she wanted to do it to kind of like, you know, just get a few more barbs in. Um, so maybe, so maybe that's, you know, more of the motivation there than like actually being friendly or thinking she's being friendly. Um, but yeah, I, I, th- I guess I agree with your point. It was a lot of things came and, you know, happened at once to kind of open that door. Yeah. And I thought there was a better, there would have been maybe a better way to do it. Like, I think 
she could have mentioned that the Huskies bailed at work or something. And then Alex got mad and challenged her to the like mom's uh, skills challenge. I Like they could have done it at work, but they also would have needed sort of Bombay in there to, I think they were sort of, uh, they wanted him to meet the boss. So a lot to um, figure out there, but I guess I'll give it a pass just because it was pretty clear. They were trying to just move it along. Uh, and really get to the meat there but yeah like like they're they're setting things up and you know i do appreciate that and when you've got 10 episodes you can't just like you can't just have like a super slow burn you know this isn't you know better call Saul where they're you know kind of harkening back to things from like two years earlier you just gotta like set it up and then knock it down or like and then like reset for the next episode like they did like at the end of episode three with with Sophie like oh my parents don't know um and so but also speaking of like kind of clunkiness the whole her doing both practices um I thought that was like a good setup actually to begin with um I I I wrote down I liked how she's double dipping uh like Brink style yeah (laughs) and I did like that they did actually have a permission slip so it's like okay like they are acknowledging that like someone might call them like how is this person switching teams in the middle of the season mm-hmm. um so that was a I, I appreciated that um and i you one would think sophie's smart enough not to leave her don't bothers you know sweater on but she's so overworked like i can forgive that so i thought that was uh that whole unraveling was was a lot um cleaner than the um you know, like the the hockey mom storyline. Not that I didn't appreciate that. I, I like the skills count challenge. I was kind of like a nice wrinkle. Yeah, yeah. I think the Sophie arc was very good and very realistic. You know, she she is trying to get on the team, doesn't want to tell her parents. Parents I, say no, and then she she forges the permission slip. Like I could see all that happening. I, I liked I liked all of that up until the point where she barters on the the don't bother's mom's winning it's like that's you're setting yourself up for a huge failure there sophie like i don't know i i thought everything else was great and then i was like what are you doing Sophie? this is done because it almost seemed like she could have convinced them right in that moment uh, without that you know i kind of seemed like she could have you know but then she just like threw that out there it's like there's no way they're gonna win um, which of course they do end up winning. Sort of. Well, kind of. Yeah. Yes and no. Though I, I did like the how it gave the dad an opportunity to do the kind of the reverse heel turn. The switcheroo. Yeah. See, you make some points. I, I'm going the other way here. I don't know that her parents, who are so serious and so you know, they Jay was a French horn player because they knew Harvard's band would be short on French horn players. Great scouting really yeah. great yes, scouting yes but so also they're gonna psychotic scouting <laughs> they're gonna put sophie's future on this mom's skills challenge after all that planning and stuff like that and they obviously think the ducks are the best place for her. so they, i don't know how well, sort of realistic that was well we've established um that they're like psychotic in terms of their planning and mm-hmm. so Based on that, you know, precedence, one would think that they're actually, they, they foresaw all of these outcomes. And so they were essentially on the fly able to be like, hey, she's going to bet in on that mom's challenge. And then like she wins, great. She loses. 
like the dad's like, I will go and say like, hey, I wanted to see how happy you were. And they probably knew that they were going to win anyway. And yeah, so this but, was oh. the plan to like make sure that she's quote unquote happy, knowing that she's also going to perform better if she's happy. The, okay, no, none of that. Um, but, <laughs> so, uh, so this but is like, the, the even, fan even theory like, that you're going <laughs> to like. Even like banking on the fact that Sophie would throw out the mom's challenge is so out of left field that like there's so, no So way. the French horn thing you're cool with though. <laughs> That's scouting well, I mean, report at least, of like, that's ninth like graders. A psycho parents, like yeah, that makes sense uh, to a point. But like them calculating that far in advance on a ridiculous like throwaway mom's skills challenge, like no, come on. Well, I mean, so there I'm you all have for it, a good everyone. Theory, but <laughs> we, we but talked about Miss McKay being a time traveler, and Kevin was like, I can see that. But these uh, Uber, those you are know, in a, a circum set, set of circumstances. These Uber, uh, <laughs> well, he's like Uber hockey moms. Like, no, that's that's where you draw the line. Yeah, but we're trying gets... to stay as much in reality right now as possible. But the interesting part for me is the Huskies dropped out. Right? Why yeah. was it Sophie's parents? Did they have anything to do with the Huskies dropping out to put this whole mm. plan into motion? Did they get Alex's boss lost and have this chance running? Like how how this, deep are they, we going down the rabbit hole here? All right, so here's what happened. The um, Sophie's parents were the parents that were supposed to meet um, the uh, uh, Lauren Graham's boss, right? They canceled. They said, "Hey, take this direction. Like take these directions, knowing it'll go through the Ice Palace." And then they canceled on them as well and got the Huskies to back out knowing that, you know, Bombay, Lauren Graham would be there. And so they set it all in motion that way. And so that's the, uh, that was the long game. So this wasn't an on the fly thing, Kevin. Mm. And they're smart. They, they probably knew all about Sophie, like going to this don't bother things. They're very attentive parents, it seems like, except for their kids' feelings, maybe. I think the more realistic scenario is that Alex's boss pushed the Huskies to drop out, knew that they were practicing at the Ice Palace, and then set this whole thing up to like accidentally show up and be lost just so that she could like demoralize Alex. Oh. And then that just worked out to Sophie's parents or to their benefit. And then she it, does seem better. to have a lot of like backhanded compliments. Yes. Like, and I, I don't th like... I think that's the more likely scenario is that she wanted to like, you know, put Alex in her place by like forcing them to be in the, you know. Yeah. Do you, do you think real... she's threatened by Alex, like even though she's not like a quote yeah. unquote real lawyer? Yeah. She's got to keep her down, knowing yes. that if she were to rise up, she'd be a great lawyer, better yeah. than her. Mm. I think we got mm. a couple of, we'll, we'll put it to the quack lights to see what the, mo the most likely scenario is. Like who is the, <laughs> who's the mastermind behind the, uh, the Huskies withdrawal? Which set of parents? Yeah. I mean, I also think that Alex's boss just might have an, an affinity for power. I don't know if she's really threatened by Alex or I think she just likes lording that sort of over everybody there. But uh, yeah, a lot there. But the only thing uh, with Sophie that my question at the end was, is what is the mom going to do when she finds out? But if this was all orchestrated by the two parents, then that question goes away. Because right now the dad sort of, Cross the picket line and yeah. sided with his daughter here. So uh, maybe uh, maybe Harris won't be the only one who's like without a wife going forward. I, I can't <laughs> I can't wait until we get the uh, the um, 
Adam Adam Banks's dad situation with Sophie's mom, where she's cheering for the Ducks when they play the Don't Bothers. Oh yeah, she's wearing the the Ducks uh, jacket or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was nice. All right, so I think we've spent enough time on Sophie. Sophie, obviously the biggest. I would say the biggest arc of the episode, but uh, two other real arcs there was Coop. Wait, wait, hang on. Can, can we go back to the dinner just real quick? I, sure. I, I thought the just Bombay being the pot stirrer in general was really funny. Like when he when he asked like, "Have you ever been punched in the face?" and stuff like that. And like, um, I, I just really liked him kind of like prodding and like trying to get Alex to like confront her. I thought that was just like like a really good and it plays really well into like Bombay's now character where mm-hmm. he's like this curmudgeon, but he's kind of like softening up a little bit. Um, and and even being like the coach for Alex, uh, I thought that was good. Um, yeah. Plus, that restaurant was pretty dope. I just wanted to see that. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Was a good foreshadowing. No matter how sort of clunky it started, it did foreshadow the ending and and Bombay's training with her pretty well. Uh, but the yeah, the other two arcs I was going to mention was Coob, and then sort of Bombay and Alex. Obviously, the the skills challenge was a vehicle to to deepen the relationship for uh, Bombay and Alex here. But Tommy, so yeah, I have a question about the skills challenge. So those slap shot miles per hour they were talking about, um, how realistic were those speeds for for those folks? I, <laughs> I feel mean, like you could probably crank it up a little bit with you know just like a week of training. Yeah. The issue was like the shots they showed versus the mile per hour was completely different. It was like going like maybe 10 miles an hour and they're like 41. Uh, but uh, I guess you got to suspend some belief here. But I thought it was actually okay. You know, if I was to take a slap shot now, maybe 55, 60 miles an hour. So you have some moms who, you know, doing it in the 40s. Like I do think some training, yeah. The the training would probably help. And if this girl's or this mom's been doing it for, you know, four or five years now and is the reigning champ, I feel like she could get uh, somewhere around, you know, forty five, fifty, fifty five if she's practicing all the time for this one skills challenge. But uh, I thought it was um I thought it was all right. Like I thought I was like, okay, at least they're trying to be realistic here with the miles per hour. Can, can we just, can we talk about like the, the lead up for that and the skills challenge before we jump into Kube? I feel like this is a good time to like sure. touch on that. Um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I, th- I thought it was cool that we get to like see Bombay actually coaching for the first time. Um, I thought the, uh, the, the intros to the parents was good. Yeah. I, liked, I liked Maya and her like clone mother. And then Logan's dad, his whole little monologue was great where he refers to his wife's blueprints as being actually a guy named Tom. That was a funny line. Um, I, he's, I, I was expecting his intro to go a different way because like he's a handsome dude. I was expecting like the moms to start like swooning over him, but like that didn't happen at all. So that kind of threw me for a loop. Um, but uh, I, I liked the line from Bombay also where he has the the um the radar gun and he's like oh i think it's in sleep mode <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was a good joke um but yeah i just wanted to like touch on those things because it, it was i thought that scene was particularly good i agree i 
enjoyed circle time. I had that in my notes. The sort of parent circle time uh, was enjoyable. Maxwell's moms, mm-hmm. uh, all of them. Yeah, I am interested to see where we go with this whole Logan thing because they sort of brought it back up here. And I guess you could sort of have it as just sort of background, but they sort of brought this guy into play now. And he's, is it just like a comedic thing or is this actually going to go somewhere? Yeah, I wonder like how much these other parents are going to play in. Like, you know, like Lauren's mom, like, it was like, oh, me and my husband were both dentists, like a lot of money from hockey players. I was like, okay, that's a good one-liner. You don't need to have her the rest of the series, but you could see them playing some kind of role. And then uh, Harris, yeah, also, like, I was like, oh, he's a handsome guy. Like, I, I expected some kind of, like, acknowledgement of that there. I, I, I would I, I do think his character would be good if he just like becomes one of the moms and like starts like bringing everybody like cookies and stuff like at the games and things <laughs> like that I do think that could be like a funny character yeah, yeah. I like that um I also liked um uh Maxwell Simpkins um his his mom's there um and I also and they, he re- it was referenced you know a couple of episodes ago that he had two moms and I thought that they've done a really good job kind of showing these, you know, mm-hmm. wholesome, you know, positive, you know, LGBTQ like characters on there without making it like a big deal. Like no one seems to give a shit, which mm-hmm. I really like. Yeah. Um, and so I just wanted to give them a shout out for that, you know, kind of showing that, that healthy relationship there. Yeah. I said Maxwell's moms. I should say Nick's moms. I'll try to go with the characters here, but uh, I guess when you talk to them, it gets a little uh, confusing in the whole brain. But that is a good point. They've normalized it. And again, yeah, like Tommy said, no one really gives a shit. Uh, one note from the the training, Bombay rocking the old Sherwood wooden stick. Everyone else has composites. I like that little throwback, to, very old school to go with the all wood stick instead of these new warrior CCM composites. I, it seemed to be an intentional choice because all the moms had the new sticks and stuff like that. So I'm curious how much thought was put into that. And then obviously we have Bombay and Alex working on slap shots and, you know, Bombay grabs our hips. How did we feel about sort of the development there? We starting to see a little bit of romance going on with Alex and Bombay, uh, but how do we just feel about Bombay's and Alex's sort of slap shot training deal there i i like that it's not like kind of just jumping straight into it kind of like we had with bombay and uh and charlie's mom like they seem to just be like okay we're dating we're going on a date now mm-hmm. you know like i i, I kind of like the uh, awkward back and forth um the kind of like guarded nature of it they're both like really guarded um so i, I think I, I i like the way it's going so far um without it being like too too cheesy or anything like that yeah i agree i thought the like start with the hips thing was a little cheesy yeah it's like everybody does that thing in every single sort of rom-com movie but yeah i thought bombay's speech was strong there when she was practicing the slap shots and like sort of got her mad and you know you gotta stop up taking it or whatever so i thought that was pretty good but uh, anything else here on the mom's challenge that we want to point out anything else on 
Bombay and Alex before we really get into Coop here? Uh, one note that I wrote down, obviously this didn't play out, but I, I thought for a moment before we had like the stepped over the line thing, I thought it was going to be a situation where like Bombay had figured out how to rig the radar gun or something mm-hmm. like that. Cause even like her shot looked slower, you know, when they, when they showed it. Yeah. Um, so I, I was like, Ooh, is this going to happen? It didn't happen obviously, but um, yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of the only, the only thing that I really have written down uh, aside from Logan's dad had another like funny moment in the background whenever they were competing that I that I caught that was pretty good, um, but uh, yeah, I think that's all I got. That was a good point on the radar gun because it definitely looked like her shot was just puttering along. But I think it actually would have been better if he rigged the radar gun versus the like step over the line or the yeah. forty-one miles an hour. Uh, I thought it was a little I. I enjoyed that they lost. I thought stepping over the line was a dumb way to do it. Yeah. Uh, because they're like sort of in motion. You're on skates. So I, I, I do think you got a little a little like glimpse of of Coach T kind of questioning whether he should follow through on that. I was like, yeah, I thought for a moment he was gonna be like, no, nah, we can't do this. You know what I mean? He didn't quite get there, but I thought we were gonna get that. Well he was thinking like this might be good motivation to let them win. And like, be like, look, hey, ducks, these these kids beat your moms. You better go beat the shit out of them on the ice, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a but good But he, he just ended all chance of them, like, of him having, like, any kind of redemption thing there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's just an evil dude. But there is one wide shot during the skills challenge where it looks like Coach D has an assistant coach. And I was trying to see if that was our new friend, Dave Tomlinson, but it's, it's too far wide to really tell if he, if that's him standing there, it's just somebody else. In the first ducks training session, I was trying to see, is there one of these kids that looks kind of bigger and some of them do look kind of big, like, you know, they might have like a couple of like, you know, 15 year olds who are, who are skating with the ducks to give them that imposing feature. So I wonder if Dave is skating in some of those scenes. Cause he mentioned he had to like stand in and hunch over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll be on the lookout for him. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. It's a great guy. It was very easy to talk to. So uh, told some great stuff, gave some good behind the scenes stuff. Uh, so let's go on now to Coob. Obviously sleepover. Yes. The sleepover uh nick trying to be best friends with evan really excited about it coob gets invited in but and even before that when he's getting like the the best friend advice from um from winnie that was good yeah that was a really funny scene yeah it seems like he and winnie are gonna have some sort of interaction going forward here so I'm fine with that but yeah coob gets in and then really sort of turns it around here but just uh what did you make of the whole sleepover thing? And then, you know, no screens after 10 PM and they go and steal the phones. So you'd think they would have been like playing video games earlier in the night or something like that. Like, what are you going to do in a sleepover? Like, in you know, rural America, not necessarily rural, but um, it was, uh, you know, you would think they'd be doing that. And, you know, Coob was on his phone. He didn't have a charger with them. It's a little bit of a stretch, um, but you know, I, I like that they invited Coob and um, I guess you had to figure they were going to get him singing at some point in the uh, in the series. So, I I thought um, the the moment when when uh, Nick's moms walk in 
and they say that it's and then he explains how it's like a no screen policy or whatever i thought it was a really funny scene because like it's it's very much like nick is oblivious to like what most kids are like horrified by about their parents like his mom like rubbing his head and then his other mom he like blows her a kiss you know just like things like that that they're just funny and like make nick so funny and endearing um i thought that was really good um i i will say one thing that i have written down is evan and nick are enablers um <laughs> for for going and like throwing out the idea like instead of trying to just push koob to like you know that he doesn't need a screen they're like let's go steal your phone back like <laughs> that seemed very counterintuitive to me but um you know i guess it it, it kind of worked out but yeah I, I just thought that scene particularly was very funny it's a good point by tommy if you're koob the first thing you're packing is a charger but i guess you don't usually go to sleepovers so uh, you know maybe he was just out of practice there uh, i did like sort of the the mission to steal the phone back the random show tunes i don't that know if that strange. was it, that, that was just an excuse to get Coob to sing, right? Because right. he's the one that was on America's Got Talent. Right. And, yeah. and Brill sort of teased that. There was a couple teases from people we talked to about some singing. I, and, I did think it was funny that uh, one of Nick's moms was crying. But that was really good. <laughs> so it was a good excuse to get him to sing, although it seemed kind of random that Coob would just be this huge show, show tunes fan. Uh but I overall enjoyed the sleepover. I thought it was funny. Nick Nick rolling after Evan did was really funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, Nick, as you mentioned, sort of oblivious to other kids. He's like, oh, yeah, my, we have a no, strict no screens policy. <laughs> and um, Coob putting his phone into the basket, they put some, like, horror music behind it, which I thought was a nice little touch. Yeah, yeah anything else on the sleepover or any other notes we have not hit on before we uh, hand out our awards. Um, I, so I, I really liked, or I thought it was funny, the scene where Sophie's practicing with the ducks first and, and uh, coach T is making all the clown references when he's like, I like my clowns to be happy, not laugh at me or so whatever he said. I thought that was really funny. Um, and then uh I, I I'm forgetting the context, but I have clown suit in quotes written down. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, oh it's when Sophie takes the jersey off, and he goes, "Why is she in a clown suit?" Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, that was funny. I think the the moment with Sophie's dad was good, but uh, I I I, just, I particularly like the end when Bombay and and uh, Evan's mom had like the very much like Bombay and Charlie's mom like that very scene is you know very reminiscent. Um, and also during the mom training sequence, I liked, um, I thought we were going to get a few agains whenever uh, she uh, kind of like messed up the first one, kind of hearkening back to the uh, uh, Captain Blood. Um, but that's, I think that, I think those are the big ones that I've written down. But Nick, Nick being uh, the, the best friend, like trying to be like not awkward, but being awkward the entire time was funny. Mm-hmm. Tommy, so I, I have two more notes. One I'm going to save for the MVP talk, but the first one was, or the, the note I'll share right now is that um, the whole slap shot thing, this this was like begging for a Fulton Reed cameo. Oh, I know. Um, I, I was thinking that the entire time. And so like, you, you got to wonder if it wasn't COVID and like weird shooting schedules, like would this have been the time? Would they have wanted to do like 
cameos throughout but it, it it's like been so easy he could have just been like i brought in a special cut you know like hey yeah. like i got a guy who's like who knows what he's yeah. doing like one out of five you're gonna hit one of those shots or yeah, something yeah. like that so that was a little disappointing but again we don't know all the circumstances um but we're really looking forward to uh cameos later on yeah no that's a great point because they take five shots in the mom skills challenge so he teaches her how to hit it one out of five Oh uh, yeah, that would have been great. Um, good point, Kevin, on on the ending there. Very reminiscent of Casey Conway. Do you want to come in? And then he, you know, comes in. And and obviously- I, one other quick note too. Uh, Evan continues to be a really good leader um, when he like convinces Nick to invite Kuba over. Yeah, uh, that she just continues to grow into that leadership role. Yeah. One joke we hadn't talked about was like Bombay was getting mad. Like they were making fun of the place we practice. And the, well, there was a string of murders here recently. Yeah. That was two blocks away. That was <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. That was a good line. But uh, yeah, let's go on now to our awards. We are high points, our low points, and then our MVPs. Uh, let's go with our high point first. And uh, I'll start it off to get going. I enjoyed the sleepover. I enjoyed the mission to get Coop's phone back. Uh, even with his show tunes, you know, Coop showing his uh, singing ability. Uh, very sort of rollicky, if that's a word, and fun. So I'm going with the high point being the sleepover. Tommy? I think that's a good point. Um, you know, my high point, I think I would give it to like the skills challenge and like kind of like the hockey moms like i liked that arc i liked that it, it's like you know when you're beginning in the series you're like 10 episodes okay how are they going to do this and they've done a good job of kind of keeping me um engaged by having something different even though we've seen what one game of hockey um or, or two i guess because they got their asses kicked once and then they played the ducks um so i liked that i think that was the high point um i thought some of the execution could have been done a little bit better but um, Bombay training the moms, I guess, would be the high point and the introduction of the moms, like kind of learning more about these characters. Kevin? Yeah, I think, I, I think I'm going to agree with that, mostly on the point of getting to know the moms. I think they'll, they'll be a, a fun part of the show. Um, I, I, I think that's probably close with the, with the sleepover. I did like the sleepover um, uh, scene. Um, Jen, and it's I mean any scene with Nick in it is is just crushing it um so uh but I, I think I'll go with the, the the skills challenge kind of that entire arc and mostly just learning about the moms and then also Logan's dad that's fair I enjoyed the moms for sure and yeah Logan's dad throwing it in there but uh let's go to the low point now uh Kevin we'll start with you what's your low point um low point for me I guess will be uh, I'm going to say Sophie just throwing out the idea that the uh, that the no don't bothers moms would ever beat the ducks moms like I, that's <laughs> just like the dumbest it just doesn't make any sense like just a bad bad idea um, and, and also like in that same vein uh, this is a bit tangential but like the the scoring didn't make any sense in that challenge like yeah it was like five to four and then they just like did the next one and then the duck scored by hitting one target yeah so i i don't know so those two things i guess in concert but i'll go with sophie 
throwing out the idea that, that Don't Bother's Moms would ever win that competition. No, that is a good point. The... Also having no idea if they've been training or not. <laughs> yeah, Libby's mom hitting one target and or yeah, and then yeah, they just get the point for that. Like there was no real explanation there. Uh, maybe they had to cut some stuff out, but uh, Tommy, you're a low point. I think some of the early cheese, um, and, you know, obviously we were able to get to the bottom potentially of the whole, you know, Sophie and Clark showing up outside. Um, but that seemed like a little bit too perfect. Um, I mean, shouldn't need our uh, absurd fan theories to kind of bail them out, I think. Um, so I'd have to give... Um, just like the intro was was a little bit of a low point for me, um, uh, so but yeah, that's my uh, my low point there is just maybe the overall cheese of the episode. And again, I'm still not a huge fan of like Alex and Sophie or not Sophie, Alex and her bosses. Is, uh, is it Stephanie? Yeah, Stephanie. Yeah, Alex and Stephanie's interaction is just always a little bit cringeworthy. Yeah. I, I would agree with you. I think my low point was the beginning when they just, you know, happened to be lost and all these things started happening and they just sort of randomly invited them to dinner. Uh, yeah, a little forced. I was like, oh, geez, here we go. But uh, they turned it around in the end. So that's my low point. We'll go to our MVPs now. Uh, Tommy. So your MVP. my MVP is going to be Koob, not only for his performance and his uh, singing but I really liked uh, the other note I wrote down was um, beginning of the episode before he gets invited to the sleepover. He's very aware of how shitty he is. And, like, yeah. He's like, I'm the worst player in this team. Like you scored a goal. I let in 17. It's like, yeah. Like, how do you not notice that? So like, I appreciated that self-awareness um, and it, you know, led to the sleepover and, you know, Mike's high point there. So I'm going to give it to Koob, um, even though he's obviously the worst player. I thought, um, learning more about him and his realizations was was fun and you know he's he's a great singer too so that was good yeah i wrote in my notes coob's terrible play finally coming up so uh kevin your mvp i am very tempted to give it to sophie's dad oh um i i'm i'm struggling with this because i think that'll be the most impactful thing um but i think i'm just gonna barely give it to bombay um, cause I think he's the catalyst for everything that really happens in this episode, uh, from stirring the pot enough to, to, to get Alex to be, or get her to accept the mom, the moms competing against the ducks to training them, um, to motivating, uh, and all that. So I, I, I think, I think Bombay narrowly edges out Sophie's dad. Interesting. Sophie's dad. I did not see that one coming. I, I do want to give him an honorable mention because I, yeah. I mean, he did the right thing. Yeah, he came around in the end. Uh, did seem to sort of follow Sophie's mom a little bit uh, down the wrong path, but as they mentioned, came around in the end. I thought about Sophie for this. You know, she busted her ass to go to two practices, worked hard, sort of set up this whole all the stakes for the mom's challenge, but. I'm going with Coop. Uh, just an incredible transformation from him. And, uh, you know, going outside of his comfort zone and then uh, the added talent of singing, uh, I think, was just uh, a put him over the top. So I'm going with Coop's. So Coop uh, now has one MVP. Evan has one MVP. And Nick has two. As we uh, come up on the halfway point here, Coop has more Coop has more MVPs than he has goal stops. 
Maybe, maybe we don't. Yeah, we don't see him make any saves. That is a good point. So yeah, his uh, save percentage is just awful. But there you go. We are. We have already talked about this episode longer than the episode actually ran. <laughs> so we should try to uh, wrap this up pretty quickly. At Quack Deck Pod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Quack Deck Pod. Go to iTunes. Give us five stars. Tell us your MVPs. A big thanks to our producers. I'll read them real fast because they keep this all alive. We appreciate you. Our executive producers, Elsie Barnett, Brian Burke, Alex Jabara, Josh Licht, Bobby LaMare, Rabbi Lex Rothenberg, Aaron, Aaron Davis, Ed Semia. Our regular producers, Deborah Chen, Jeremiah Bershey, Adam Ferry, Joyce Inc., Jared Beasley, Lisa Wobig, Anthony Gioffrey, Jeff Fantas, Matt Holtwick, Stevie Yanks, and JD Youngblood. If you want to keep this going, you too can become a producer of the show. There's a link in the show notes. And for us, remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Right. Ain't no turning back. Got to be the manager. The quick dick is back, Jack. Ooh, yeah.